Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomdad listeners. This is Saide Malik Absali speaking. I'm sitting with Dr. Andrade um, from Tabana Organization. Dr. Uh, Rockers is not with us today, so two of us are going to start a conversation about diversity in enter- entertainment. Um, so um, before the show started, I was talking to Dr. Andrade about Hamilton, um, which is really uh, widespread about how wonderful it is, and everyone wants to watch Hamilton. And over the weekend, we went to watch Hamilton, and I um, actually was talking to Dr. Andrade about the characters who were um, the main characters were African American. So diversity now is becoming more and more in entertainment. And today we would like to look at different aspects of this. Yeah, I, I do say want to say I haven't seen Hamilton myself. Uh, all I remember is that it was really, really hard to get tickets to. So <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's no, awesome. we were lucky because I always wanted to uh, to see Hamilton, um, and especially I remember in one of the shows, um, one of the actors uh, who's famous, but I can't remember his name right now, who's African American, who actually was talking about how wonderful. The show was, and he was, um, you know, talking about different aspects of the show. But until I saw myself, <clears throat> the characters, you know, we know in the history, Hamilton, Burr, uh, George Washington, they all are white male. <clears throat> so when I, even though I studied a little bit about Hamilton, but I didn't study before the show about the characters and who is playing who. So the main thing I was concerned was, what is it about? And, you know, for a while I was teaching U.S. history and I knew some, um, but it was long, long time ago. And um, I didn't know what aspect of Hamilton is in this show and why they're actually making a a show from Hamilton. So I studied a little bit, but I didn't know the main characters are African-American. When we came back, that was a question. Why did they choose, why why do they choose um, African-American to play these famous characters that everybody knows they're white males, like George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, um, and Burr, um, and, it just came to my mind. And this morning, that's why I, I was talking to you about it. And you mentioned something that was absolutely great. You said, you know, everybody can play different characters. They can embody different personality when they're playing in the show. And I thought, absolutely, that is true. Why didn't we even think to do this way back when? Why did we always pick the characters exactly the same race, the same, you know, sort of even um, uh, the appearance of a person? We try to make sure that they look the same. But um, but seeing Hamilton and all these different um, personalities being played with African-American just brought this question to me that... Um, you know, I thought so many different things. Uh, first, I thought maybe Hamilton because was um, sort of um, advocate for 
um, African-Americans at one point when he first got a job here in the United States and he was an immigrant. He went through difficulty of an immigrant. Um, but then I thought, you know what, it must be bigger than that. Mm. Uh, maybe in entertainment, they're now starting to look at this differently. Yeah, and uh, along the lines of Hamilton, too, I remember hearing a lot about how it was kind of it was meant to be like upbeat and uh, I believe it's a musical as well. And so it, it was, I remember it, I mean, you think of Hamilton and George Washington and I'm sorry, I don't get excited about wanting to watch a play about them. And so it was like something had to be different. And I wonder if that, I, I think you said it was uh, color conscious ca casting um, is the term I think you used. Uh, and if that was meant in a way to, uh, kind of in, in, engage it or to to make it stimulating. I think if I remember correctly too, I heard uh, that there's like the singing is not just singing, but even like rapping. In, oh yeah, it was and, all rap. It was mm -hmm. all rap and it was all historical events mm -hmm. um, uh, sang in a rap, um, you know, st style of music. So that was very interesting. And that's even modern in that way versus yeah. it being maybe like, you know, what's the, uh, uh, there's, you know, a couple of older, you know, plays, uh, La Miserial. It's like all, you know, opera kind of singing. You think of a play, yeah, uh, but yeah, in a different way. Hmm. So it was interesting. Yeah. And, um, you know, talking about race and talking about immigration, talking about all these, issues that we consistently are facing in our society, I think um, entertainment can, can be a great way to start looking at this. And I thought, you know, choosing characters of such a great show that thousands of people are seeing this show, it just brings um, diversity to the mind of people in a different way. Because I was just thinking when an African-American play, uh, let's say George Washington's, um, George Washington's um, character in the show, it just brings a different value or different, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's just uh, a great way to value race and culture by showing that in a person, in a character that everyone sort of knows in the history of United States, what a role he played, you know? So when George Washington walked um, on the stage, you know, the entire audience were sort of clapping and being excited. So, and um, so we know George Washington is such a person that pretty much everybody in the history of United States knows so much uh, about him. And, and there's so many positive about George Washington. So when this person walked uh, on the stage as uh, George Washington, immediately I thought, wow, what a great way to show this person in a body of an African-American. You know, there's so much into that when you think about it, you know, and um, uh, it's, it's, it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, you just immediately think of all other issues like class, like, you know, race, like culture. But you can break those barriers 
by doing things like that, you know, and that was why it was so, um, you know, interesting to me to bring it up uh, that how we are changing uh, the entertainment world by doing yeah. these kind of stuff. And you mentioned something about 007 also. Yeah, before that, I was going to mention, I mean, I think it also brings to light the idea that like, this is a shared, this is our shared history and our shared culture. So even if people aren't from America, you know, from the US, you know, you start to learn the history and the stories. And so the idea that, you know, you could probably ask most little kids of all different races and ethnicities, who George Washington is, you know, Abraham Lincoln, like, there's a narrative that is taught, like you said, even you taught it in history classes. And so, um, you know, it's on our money. You can see these presidents on our money that we have with us every day. And so those, those stories and those ideas get uh, perpetuated as part of everybody's history. And so you're able to identify with them. So I think it, it brings to light that anybody can play these persons because there, there's a, a character and a story, which is our history that we've heard so many times before. And I think that uh, comes into this idea that we can blend uh, and have people of different races or ethnicities, not only play these characters, but not play them under the guise of their stereotypes. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's like this idea, okay, if it's George Washington, then he, and he's, he's African-American, he's going to act different than George Washington would. It's going to be like a black version of that. Or um, you'll see that in some shows now where there's like an Asian version, uh, you know, the person is taking on those stereotypes. Uh, you know, there's a couple of movies I was watching, uh, I shared before I read comics. So I was watching a couple of the, the comic uh, related movies there's i think it's ant-man and wasp or something like that and uh, there's a comedian he was in the show uh, fresh off the boat which is a horrible name i think for a show too uh but, but it represents a, a asian family and this actor he plays in the, this marvel movie and he doesn't have an accent he doesn't say stereotypical Asian things. Um, you know, they're not making fun of him in any way. He's just a normal guy who is of Asian descent. Uh, while at the same time, there is a Mexican character in there. And they do play a little bit on the stereotype, too. And so it's one of these things where I think there's times where, and not just, you know, certain movies, but I think in general, the media will portray people just as people. And they are of that racial background. And then there's other times where they have them fill that stereotype. And sometimes it's under that comic relief, uh, but it can be a little controversial and even kind of frustrating too, when those people aren't seen just as those people. So for example, there's even the actor uh, Riz Ahmed who plays, uh, he's been in several uh, movies, uh, he's a great actor, um, but the, the new Venom movie just recently came out. Well, he was in the first Venom movie. And in that movie, uh, he's British, Pakistanian background is his race, ethnicity. Um, he's just a bad guy. He's like this millionaire, you know, evil guy. And it's not because of his race that he's an evil guy. He's just he lives in San Francisco. He's like a tech guy. All he is is just a person who happens to be that background. And I don't even think they mention it in the movie at all. They don't mention his background, not in a way where they're downplaying it or ignoring it. It's just 
that's not a, a dominant part of a character, just like if it was a, you know, William Defoe is in uh, uh, one of the Spider-Man movies and he's a bad guy. They don't make a point to be like, oh, his family's from Europe. Like nobody says that, you know, it's just like it's him. And so I, I think we're seeing that a little bit more and more where these people will play this role or this character and the race and background. It's not used as comic relief and it's maybe not brought to the surface, which is kind of just like, all right, we're just seeing this person. We're just seeing this person who has this skill and are able to embody that character in that role. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And you know what? Going back to Hamilton, mm -hmm. I was just wondering because it was rap, it was uh, the music was more, um, all of it was pretty much rap. Uh, I was, I mean, so many questions came to my mind. And I was just thinking, is this me or is it more, more, most people are questioning these. For example, I was just thinking maybe because the rap singers, that's why they're playing that those characters. Maybe because, you know, they couldn't find a better singer than them, you know. But it didn't occur to me that they just wanted to pick these people. Maybe they wanted to actually bring this thought to our minds that we need to see the character not the race and not the appearance of a person. I know, um, especially um, you had a conference, you had a session for psychologi psychologists about microaggression, micro invalidation, micro insult, um, and um, micro assaults. So would you just, because I know you did those um, presentations and uh, maybe we can talk about these because yeah. these are part of uh, racial, you know, microaggressions. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. I think we're at a break. Let's take a quick break and then come back to that. Cause sure. yeah, I, I feel like I'll talk a lot about it too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین از رادیو بامداد ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر برنامه داریم تحت عنوان فرهنگ و روانشناسی و پادکستامون از آیتون و گوگل قابل سرچ هستش امروز ما راجب تاتر هملتون که خیلی معروف شده صحبت کردیم و بیشتر صحبت اون راجبه این بود که چرا کرکترهای این داستان سیاپوس بودن و در دنیای انترتیمنت چه تغییراتی داره میشه و چطور میتونه این اثر بذاره رو افکار ما و جامعه ما یک بریک کوتاه میگیریم و برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Andrade. We were talking about the personalities and the characters playing those personalities with different race or different culture. And um, we are back and we are continuing our conversation. The first part of our conversation, if you didn't listen to us, was about the show that is very famous now and everybody talks about it is Hamilton show. Um, and the whole story is about the historical part of uh, Hamilton era and what happened with him as an immigrant coming to United States and how he went up the ladder and, um, you know, where he went uh, at the end was amazing effect on the whole history of the United States as Secretary of Treasury and changed the financial uh, system of the United States. And because of that, he's known. And I think his picture is on the uh, $10 bill, if I'm not wrong. Isn't it a $10 bill? I probably think so, but uh, we can check on that. Uh, So anyways, uh, we we ended before the break at racial microaggressions, uh, which is also micro insult, micro invalidation, um, micro assaults. Um, and, and I would like, uh, Dr. Andrade, you maybe can talk about those, uh, you know, topics in cultural issues a little bit. Yeah. And I, I think as it relates to this, it, it connects in several ways. So racial microaggressions are brief, subtle forms of racism and discrimination. And a lot of times they're very subtle. Uh, the micro assaults are the more historical, uh, overt types of racism. So a lot of times the uh, invalidations and, and they're, they're very subtle, almost leaving the individual kind of questioning, like what happened? And so I think it relates to this in the idea of, you know, one, how we recognize race of like characters and movies. And then also two kind of, as I was mentioning, maybe some of those stereotypes associated with that. And so, because those, those stereotypes can be offensive. And so you're watching something what's meant for enjoyment. And then you see a, a person of your race or ethnicity get portrayed in a stereotypical way. And yeah, maybe it's meant to be funny, but it kind of feels like, okay, well, they're kind of saying something about me. And in that moment, you might even laugh at it, but then, or, you know, feel like you're supposed to laugh. There's that social pressure. But you, you know, you're left with this uncomfortable feeling. Uh, like, for example, a lot of times, and uh, you know, uh, for Mexicans or Mexican Americans, they'll portray us as gang members or drug dealers, and it's just like you know, to show. And and sadly, it can be funny if you they show somebody who looks like a drug dealer, but then he's like a nice person, and you're just like, oh, look, he's not, you know, the stereotypical. And they they use that as a point of comedy, and so you're just like, okay, like it can't just be this person, you know, you can't just be of that background and be just a normal person. And, and in that moment too, you, you, you don't know who to challenge. You don't know to say like, Hey, like that's not okay. Uh, especially if it's meant in jest, if it feels like it's accepted, especially if, you know, if something so large as the media, it's like, okay, well it's in the movie already. I mean, who are we going to, you know, protest against or who are we going to say something to? And so with racial microaggressions, a lot of times I always think of them as death up by a thousand cuts because we can go throughout our experience throughout our day 
and, and, and have these subtle kind of forms of racism that really start to kind of build and mound. Um, and it takes a toll on an individual uh, in several ways, both personally and then even in their, you know, professional life. So it's going to affect you, you know, everywhere. Uh, so it's challenging because a lot of times it's first giving, and that's the whole point of racial microaggressions as far as the theory, it's to give name to those things and to be able to recognize, okay, what are some of the ways that we can learn to cope and understand these both in the bigger society and within our culture, as well as even with the individual. Mm-hmm. And so there's not one form of coping necessarily for them. And actually my dissertation was on coping uh, and trying to find the different strategies. And sometimes it's about cultural immersion, you know, being able to connect to one's own culture in an authentic way. Uh, sometimes it's about speaking up and saying like, hey, like, I don't appreciate that. Like if I was somewhere publicly, say, and somebody made a comment about Mexican people and I'd be like, hey, like, I don't appreciate saying that, like you're stereotyping right now. Um, that could be harder because we're having to overtly challenge somebody publicly. Um, they can be like, oh, no, I just meant this as a joke or, you know, no, I didn't mean it that way. Um, oh, you're just being you know, defensive. So even challenging the racial microaggressions sometimes can be difficult because one, you may be the numerical minority in that situation, as well as even it can easily maybe be dismissed. And so it definitely is something that I think still exists. And I think a lot of times too, and part of the presentation I gave last year was about how with the whole cancel culture, how people are kind of weaponizing racial microaggressions where it's like, okay, well, you did a racial microaggression, so you should be canceled. And it's like, wait, hold on. Racial microaggressions were meant to be something to empower a person of color, as well as even being able to teach and educate people and society as a whole that these things can't continue. Because the thing about racial microaggressions is we all inherit these race, these, you know, biases, And they could be related to race, but they could also be related to gender and sexual orientation, um, religion even. And so we all have these ideas that, you know, they come from somewhere. And a lot of times they come from media that this is how people are viewed or this is how people are represented. And so that's why I think it's so important that in media where people are shown in these different ways and even that these characters can be of any race or background. Going back to the comics I was saying, uh, one of the things that they've been doing, I want to say about 10 years now, uh, they have a character, Spider-Man, who stereotypically is a white male. Um, One of the things that they've done recently in the last 10 years is uh, have an African-American Latino uh, character. His name is Miles Miles Morales, um, and he's like the new Spider-Man. And it's just one of those things where it's even worked its way into media. Um, Tom Holland is the current Spider-Man, but what they've actually done is taken some things from that storyline, the Miles Morales storyline, and included it in the, uh, you know, in the big screen. And so it's still not quite there where there's a black Spider-Man. That's something that people have advocated for and want it. Uh, but it is something I think that is starting to be incorporated a little bit more and acknowledged uh, even in the the newer Spider-Mans, his best friend is, uh, I believe he's Asian American. And same thing with the, the Riz Ahmed, like I mentioned, they don't mention that he's Asian American. There's not stereotypes about him being Asian American. It's just his friend. And it's interesting to me because it's one of those things where like growing up, that is, growing up in California, growing up in Sacramento, 
that was my experience. Like I had friends who were Asian and who were black and I never thought of them as like, oh, you know, they're the stereotype or they're, you know, this person. No, they were just my friend. And so it's one of those things growing up, like that's how I seen race and diversity, not, not in a way of minimizing it or ignoring it, but it was just, they're your friends, you know, like, yeah, I'm Mexican and they're Asian and they're black, but it wasn't that that was the dominant part of them. They were like, Hey, he can run really good when we play football or uh, like, you know, Oh, he has a cool bike, you know, just things that kids focus on. Um, I think it wasn't, unfortunately, until you get older that those things get more, uh, vi- more, more prominent for you because society emphasizes that it's and again, that's where media comes in media is saying, Oh, Asian guys talk like this, or, you know, black guys are gangbangers or Mexican guys are gangbangers, or, you know, even like women, you know, Latino women, one of the stereotypes that Latino women have a lot of time is, Oh, they, they have kids when they're teenagers, you know, and stuff like that. So it's just like all of these messages that media, you know, feed to, to us where we're able to see that shift and that change now. Yeah. And generalization is something that, um, we all are guilty of, you know, many times we generalize. So the way um, I always understood micro insult, uh, micro insult could be verbal and nonverbal, and the message could be insensitive and demeaning demeaning the person's uh, racial and background, right? And then micro invalidation, we all are guilty of this. Sometimes you see an Asian, for example, who was born and raised in the United States and speaks English, same as all other people, or a Persian person who is raised and speaks the language. But uh, we, we may just say, oh, you know, especially Asians, um, because the look is different. And um, we may just say, oh, your English is very good. You speak English very well. So I think this is micro invalidation because we are looking at the face of a person and just say something that it's um, invalidating the person. So uh, it's so important to know the example of this. And I know uh, what you were saying. I relate to that because I remember... At one point, one of the Persian movie star was playing a terrorist um, character in a movie, you know. And I remember uh, many people in the community were angry at that person. Why, um, you know, he even accepted that um, character, you know. And uh, they started thinking that uh, he's not as popular anymore because he shouldn't even accepted that because of money to be part of this movie so or somebody exactly what you said sometimes you laugh but deep down you you are just hurt you know but because something funny is said you feel like you know I'm among all these people if I start saying something you know I just ruin their happiness their laughter and what, what is my position? Do I laugh? And then you just don't feel good about yourself because you feel like mm-hmm. it was my place to stand up and say something that this wasn't even nice what you said. And it's not even true. And we face that, all of us, in different situations. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we start saying something, 
you know, you start basically teaching people that this is not right to say about, for example, an Asian American or thinking that all the people from Middle East are this and that, or all Mexican are this and that. I mean, you, um, we all have been in places that we didn't like what we heard or what was said, but did we stand up and say something? You know, we are maybe as guilty when you really think about it, because we also have a mission, um, you know, in especially, especially since we have faced so many of these um, unjust and an, an injustice situations or, or things that have been said or done. Did we ever, you know, stood up and said something? Did we stand up for another fellow to say, hey, you know, what you're saying to this person is not right? And I always felt at the time, um, I remember there were so many things, especially when I was teaching, when I was um, in a society that maybe I was the only one that was different, you know. Um, and um, it's very difficult to stand up in front of all these people and say something because you lose your you know, place in that position that you are, you know, you have to just sometimes swallow and don't say anything. But also, I was just thinking, you know, if somebody else from the main culture, from the main race, stand up and said something, that's definitely is going to be better taken than when you are from that group and stand up, say something. Because I always, I remember when I was going to high school um, in Texas, and at the time, the race issue was um, very apparent, you know. And I remember there were many white students who were standing up for um, the race, the culture, diversity, and it was so much more effective because I was just thinking if those people from, because especially where I was, it was pretty much the school I was going half Mexican-American and half white or few black. And many times I was witnessing that how many of this, um, you know, great white people, white students were standing up and say something to the face of other people, you know, in regard to support of uh, Mexican-Americans or Black people. And um, I always remember at the time, you know, I wasn't too much into understanding what's going on in this society, but I often valued those people so much that uh, even though they were in minority, there were just a few of them, but they would go to the face of other people and start talking to them in a very aggressive way to shut them down and to make them feel embarrassed of what they said or what they did, you know. And I always, at that point, I was just thinking the only way this can be getting to somewhere is the people from majority culture stand up and it's that time that is more effective. And um, we faced when we talked about uh, when we had the situation with Black Lives Matters, all these young white people among the crowd, they made it more effective. If it was just black, it wouldn't be as effective. 
I agree and I disagree in the sense that I think it's one of those things where, like in the theory of racial microaggressions, even talks about like, you know, whose whose experience do you ask in regards to understand whether this is actually happening? Do you ask the person who's the victim of the racial microaggression or the person delivering the racial microaggression? And I think similarly along those lines, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're all guilty of inheriting these biases and these stereotypes. So I think it's all of our responsibility. I think it's it's just as important that people who are uh, of the dominant culture, uh, let's say white, who tend to inherit these without consequence, where people of color, we inherit these views too, but there is a consequence both to ourselves and to other races and ethnicities. And so I think it's just as important if you're in a disadvantaged position or, you know, able to be victimized that you speak up as well. You're right uh, in regards to it being harder. I think it is harder to be in a, in a, not in a position of power and to speak up, but I think both have to do it. I think those who are of the dominant and people of color too, because otherwise, you know, if we're only going by it impacting the dominant, then it's going to probably be a long time before something is said and before something is changed. And if we even think of a group of people, if there's five people in the group and only one person is uncomfortable, it's going to be harder for that person to say something. And they may take even longer to say something versus if they felt empowered that my voice matters too. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm the you know, minority of the group, that, that my voice has meaning and has value. And I think that's something that's really important now for people of color to recognize that we have representation. And, and again, it comes back to media too, that I think it's great for people to be able to see people who look like them in movies where they're not just the stereotypes. Um, and, and to say that they can just be that person in that way. Uh, one of the, you mentioned earlier, uh, my referencing the, the new Bond movie, and I don't want to, I don't want to give it away. So I won't say too much. Uh, I know that's still out right now, but what I will say is that there's been a lot of talk about uh, who's going to replace uh, Craig David. I think Craig David's his name, Craig, I can't remember his full name, the, the, the character who's currently playing Bond. Um, but there's been talk about Aldris Iba, uh, Iba, Aldris, Aldris Iba. Yeah. Aldris Iba, I think his name is uh, African-American actor, great actor. I love him. He's a great actor, him being the new bond um, and several other, you know, uh, individuals of different races and backgrounds to be able to play that character. And I think it's, it's more, I see it happening more as not just like, let's have, you know, somebody of a race play this character just to play this character, but instead these good actors, these good actors who happen to be of this color play that. And I think it's, it's, it's a fine line because we don't want to just say we're ignoring that person's race and ethnicity, but it's also too, where, you know, you don't want to just give somebody that role or somebody have that role just because of that. It's like, no, let's see them as their individual skill uh, in this place, you know, this case being an actor. And so, and I think the, the Bond movie did that in a way too, where it, it kind of acknowledged that it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the, the next James Bond doesn't have to be a white male. It could be something else and that it can be okay. And actually in the movie, they reference that where it's, it's not even about the race. They don't even mention the race or the gender. It's just like a, you know, a badass. Uh, I don't know if I could say that word, uh, <laughs> a really good, uh, you know, a uh, strong character, 
who does a great job in the movie. And so it's, it's cool to be able to see that that's what is the focus. How about if a female be the a player of that cast? Well, see, I didn't want to say too much. I'm, I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> but I think you're on the right track. I'll just say that where you're on the right track in that way. So, that yeah. would be actually definitely something very interesting to see. All right. So we got to another break. Uh, I want to say something in Farsi before we go to the break. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه تازه رادیوتونو باز کردین و صدای ما رو میشنوین من به همراه همکارم دکتر اندرادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم دکتر راکرز امروز با ما نیستن و ما تا کنون صحبتمون راجع به مسائل فرهنگی و نژادی بود ضمن اینکه صحبت کردیم از کرکترهای فیلم ها یا تئاتر یا جاهایی که خیلی محسوسه که این کرکترها همیشه سفید پوست بودن و حالا تغییر کردن و گاهی اوقات اونهایی که این مثلا در فیلد انترتینمنت کار میکنن دارن یه تغییراتی از نظر آدمایی رو که اکترای اکترسایی رو که میارن روی صحنه متفاوت باشن و دارن این تفاوتها رو توی جاهای خیلی بزرگ مثلا ما راجب هملتون صحبت کردیم و الان راجب مثلا سپایدرمن یا دو سفر هفت که چجوری پرسونالیتی ها و کرکترها رو دارن جابجا جا میکنن و مسئله ریس رو با اینکه کی داره اون کرکتر رو بازی میکنه قاطی نکردن بر صورت باز هم یادآوری میکنم که ما روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یکی بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی مسائل فرهنگی روزمره و موضوعات مختلف روانشناسی و فرهنگی رو دنبال میکنیم با ما باشین ما برمیگردیم و انتهای صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم We're back with Dr. Alexandradi. Uh, this is Saide Malik Afsali speaking. 
Uh, today, it's just two of us. Dr. Rockers is not with us. And um, we have been talking about uh, issues of race and also personalities of um, big shows or big entertainment. And now um, we want to talk about uh, more how do we perceive these uh, changes that is appearing. We know African-Americans or black culture, they're big in entertainment, especially in uh, musical um, and also singing and many other entertainment um, uh, part of um, different shows. But now we see that this has been expanded, expanded in other parts of the shows like we talked about Hamilton, that the main characters were played by African-Americans. And we all know that George Washington was a white male. Um, Alexander Hamilton was a white male. Uh, Senator Burr and the Governor Burr was also a white male. But all these characters were played by African-American um, actors. So it seems like this is, um, well, actually, maybe it has been started, but maybe it wasn't as noticeable because like a show like Hamilton that um, has so many um, people been watching and been attending to their show or everywhere you see that people are talking about it. So thousands and thousands of people since five years ago, it's not just this year, they've been um, wanting to see this show and that's why they're traveling all, all over the United States. And so many people are watching and seeing this. And then we also read about these guys and this characters and the person who wrote the script and all of that. But bringing rap into the music, you know, playing um, by African-American, all these characters that are well-known, it brings that question and uh, that are we really getting into different parts of, um, you know, not only entertainment, but other aspects of, um, you know, culture to bring these issues into um very obvious way into the mind of people. Uh, and I remember one time, uh, Lynn, I think Lynn Manuel Miranda is his name, one of the um, developers of associate with Hamilton uh, and continued fame since then. Uh, I remember hearing that, you know, it wasn't just about, you know, having a show, but it was about extending that to the youth. And one of the things that they purposely do at each show they would reserve uh, a number of seats for kids uh, from local areas. And so to be able to, you know, again, I think it speaks to the idea of like, well, why, why are we doing this? Well, what, like you said, I think it's a great question. Why are we noting this? Why are we noticing this, but also why are we doing it? So that those kids of all races and backgrounds uh, who maybe don't have access to something like that can see that, you know, George Washington is black and that, you know, these uh, characters who they've grown up and seen in their textbooks as maybe stereotypically white um, can be of their own background and, and race. And so <clears throat> it's something I think that could be very empowering. Um, it, it reminds me when I was uh, in, when I was living in Chicago, I was able to go to Grant Park when uh, Barack Obama was being uh, inaugurated. There was two nights that they did that. And one of the nights it was 
one side of the park was open to the public, which I was able to attend. And then one was like private where you know people had tickets. But I remember standing there being, I think, at the second year of my uh, grad school program um, and just being in awe. There was a, a electricity in the air. People say that. And I, I never really believed that before I experienced that night. But there was electricity in the air. And I remember just thinking, like, if this black man could become president of the U.S., you know, what could I, you know, as a Mexican-American male from grew up in South Sacramento, that I can maybe be a doctor, that I could be a psychologist. And it, it felt like maybe it wouldn't be as hard as it always felt before. And to have that experience was really empowering and really made me feel as though, <clears throat> you know, no, no, no experience or, or no you know, goal would be out of my, my reach just because I, nobody from my family is a psychologist. Nobody from my family has gone to these higher, higher levels of education. And so to be able to see like, wow, like, you know, this individual, you know, from who, who's a person of color too can, can achieve this. And so I, I think that's why in media, it's so important to be able to show these different um, representations of these characters and to be like, no, you can be that too. You can connect to that as well. Mm -hmm. Well, what you said is really important because um, not only we are thinking of current situation, but bringing uh, youngsters and next generation into, you know, thinking that if a black male has been president, why not me shooting for that, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And I think that's an important message from whoever is, um, you know, running this whole thing. You know, like Obama probably had some encouragement behind his, um, you know, running for presidency. And because of that, he moved forward. So I'm just thinking as a child, when you see someone from your race is that successful and president um, position is the highest position uh, in the government. And so you get encouraged and say, so then there's a place for me. And not only that, what you said, so many other people probably were encouraged to do things that they never thought it's going to happen. You know, so like you're the live example of that. And I'm glad you mentioned, but I was just going to say also that in 2016, five years ago, when this show was out the mm -hmm. Hamilton, it was a lot of backlash about the cast mm -hmm. that why, um, you know, non-white um, actors uh, were auditioning even for the uh, character. And I think the whole um, theme of the show was bringing diversity into this whole thing, which I think was a great way to, well, especially in 2016, this was becoming a big thing. And um, that was a great way to bring this into entertainment and show, um, you know, that. Yeah. Anybody from diverse background um, can play a character that is known as a white character. And you mentioned even gender, too. I was thinking there's a show uh, called The Equalizer. Uh, well, actually, it was a movie uh, starring Denzel Washington. There was two of them, I believe, uh, called The Equalizer. And Denzel is just a, an amazing uh, actor, amazing character. Um, I always joke and, and say, you know, he's one of those characters where 
whatever whatever movie he's in, you don't say, oh, that's John or that's this guy. No, that's Denzel Washington. You know, <laughs> it's just like no matter what the character in the movie's name is, sure, that is Denzel Washington. I feel like Samuel Jackson's another one. Uh, there's a couple other actors too. It's like no, they're them. You know, it's like they're not the character name. But uh, my, my point was that they rebooted it with the show called The Equalizer. And Queen Latifah, a, a, a woman, African-American woman, plays, uh, it's kind of, I think it's like a similar name. So it's obviously not the exact same name as the character, but she like embodies that role. And it's like nothing is lost. And it's it's even one of those things where, you know, gender can be something that is swapped in these characters. And it doesn't have to be a minimization of the character or anything being lost. Instead, it's, it's still enlivening that character in that story and so i think it's always great to be able to have that both with like race gender uh you know sexual orientation all of those things where it doesn't have to be it's like oh it's a woman so she you know only kicks and you know or something like that something ridiculous where it's like minimizing the the role Mm -hmm. in including that that difference instead it can be like no this is that same person just in a different Mm -hmm. Uh, with this different quality in that way or that different aspect of it. I really like to see, um, you know, the gender and the identity of sexual identity, uh, the race, the all of this in especially entertainment. Mm-hmm. If we um, just consider anybody who's capable of doing this character or even purposefully put some of these characters into the you know films or or movies or shows to start this notion of getting over all these things that a male should play definitely the spider-man or a male should or or a white person should play george washington i like to see the day that this is going to be completely you know something a very common in our society and in the world. So it's important to have these sort of conversations and be open to it. You know, I'm sure, as they said in 2016, when the Hamilton show came, it was a lot of backlash. And even now, I hear even the historians and even the professors of some of the Uh, well-known universities have controversial issues, not only about the race, obviously, because they don't talk about that openly, but they were talking about some other aspects of the show. But I'm just saying it's just time to open up to this diversity. We always talk about it, but you have to see it in in entertainment. You have to see it in a sport. You have to see it um, in government, in high positions. So, this is, these are the starting point, especially a show like Hamilton that it's big and it goes all around the United States and many people see it or in the media they hear or read about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I know there are a lot of small pieces of this happening, but when in a larger um, you know, situation this happens, um, you know, obviously it has more effect. Um, I want to go back to what you said earlier, that when I said, um, you know, it's more effective when people from majority culture, they advocate for something that should happen or should not happen. Um, I agree with you, but also I know what has more effect. You know what I mean? It's like we're talking about what is more effective. 
maybe maybe you're right if we have the courage and if we have you know we can stand up and if that happens everywhere mm-hmm. but unfortunately different personalities you know have different um, behavior so mm-hmm. it's harder to uh, expect this happening every single time and everywhere but mm-hmm. it's more um you know it's more expected that um you know the majority culture in each situation there there existed because they're the majority the number is larger they usually in every piece of um you know part of the society they are um you know somehow there so it's so important that they stand up but anyways it's just both i i think you know yeah no i totally Uh, agree too yeah so um we are at the end of our um conversation um and um I appreciate Dr. Andrade. Uh, sometimes uh, we just casually talk about things uh, right on the spot. So uh, I hope our listeners enjoyed our conversation. We're going to come back tomorrow and have another topic to talk about. Um, until then, we wish you a wonderful Saturday. We come back tomorrow. Uh, thank you for listening. And remember to uh, re- to search our iPod Um podcast sorry okay. <laughs> not ipod podcast on uh, google or itunes to find us on their different um topics i actually numbered our uh shows and oh, yeah. we're about 130 i guess so wow. not 150 yet yeah <laughs> in one of the times i said 150 we're getting but, there we're getting there yeah we're getting there all right so have a wonderful saturday night
رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا